0: The logic that I am trying to conclude here is it is not to be misinterpreted that when it is said yuga yuga that it is one avatara per yuga. There can be more than one per yuga and more than one definitely per entry. God can make double entry. You know Paramatma and Vishnu can uh, come in the form of uh, anything that he wishes to doesn't the director have uh, you know the doubles and triples and uh, the same looking recently i was giving an example have you watched this hindi movie called angur a old one oh, it is such a shakespearean novel it, it it is directly from that comedy of errors comedy of errors i think right so there are Two sets of twins and both get separated and both are in such a, in mean, the story that it, it is spun around. It is comedy of errors. You, even today when you watch it, you, you just get a kick out of it. The point is, you have more than one avatar, and he can express himself at that very point in more than one form. So, what does this Yuga mean? Yuga actually means a moment. Sambhava ami yuge yuge, I keep expressing myself in different moments of need. Has it ever happened to you in your life that in some unseen corner wherein you are stuck in such a unknown way that somebody comes from nowhere? and steps in in front of you and then suddenly opens up the entire resources. And you are just wondering, how can somebody be even such open to give such help? Once after, you know, I used to go, I still go to this Fort Worth Yajnas. By the time I come, it is about 11, 11.30. So, one day when I was travelling back and it was already 11, 11.15. I can see you know Preston exit on George Bush and my left tire bursts, The entire tire comes out. I am on the rim. Luckily there is no traffic at that time. and my car is full. there are five people inside, including me. And I slow down and uh, you know, I don't apply a brake, just because it's going to spin around. So I slow it down and you know pull it aside. And uh, since there was no traffic, I pulled that tyre piece out so that it does not hit into somebody else and then uh, pulled it quite inside so that, uh, you know, I could sit down and change the tyre. It is about 11, 15, 11, 20. There are lots of cars that have passed by. One car, that car comes in and reverses itself right in front of my car, reverses it so that it can throw more light on my work and also provide security that, you know, if there is light into the traffic, the people will be careful and cautious. And I was shocked. There is a single old black lady, she steps out and she says, I ain't gonna help you in that. I will not be in a position to help you with changing the tire. But I thought at least I could be of some help in at least throwing some light at you. And she stood there for next 15-20 minutes until I got that opportunity to change the tyre. And I just got up I said thank you. And she didn't even wait for me to walk up to her and uh, shake hands or nothing. She just reverses vehicle and moves. At that moment, when the Bhag- when that person feels that inspiration to reach out an un- unreasonable co- encounter, meaning there is no reason, there is no rhyme, there is no rhythm in it, it just is that inspiring moment that that person feels compelled to come and serve. That is nothing but Bhagwan himself who is taking that avatar. I mean, I can, I, can, I can give you such encounters of my life you know, so many things. Many times we just say thanks and forget it. But at that moment, whether it is known or unknown person, when there is a complete U-turn and then there is somebody who is reaching out and helps you at that particular moment, extends themselves, expands themselves, cuts down and sacrifices their resources for our help. At that moment of inspiration, it is nothing but Bhagawan himself. Because Bhagawan has these many millions of counters to express himself. He does not necessarily need to come down in the form of Shankachakra Gada Padma in the Chaturabhuja Rupa and then stand there and say, Hey Bhakt, I am pleased with your devotion. What do you need? Get out of your... uh, you know cinematic, uh, dramatic uh, way of looking at things Bhagwan has much more practical <laughs> ways of appearing He has these many counters and he can come in any time And that very Bhagwan is also worshipped as you know Vigna Raja He is not just the one who removes obstacles Sometimes to protect that individual, he takes the avatar as giving the trouble. I can, I can recount one more experience. Once I was going on a bike, motorbike. And suddenly from nowhere, this herd of buffaloes enter into the highway. Back in India. They are the actual king of the roads. They own it. So they enter. And it it happened all in such sudden uh, moment that even in spite of my both brakes and slowing it down and uh, I end up ramming into one. It just dusts itself off and it moves out. (laughs) Like I am punctured and the vehicle is all twisted. I straightened my vehicle out and you know, whatever uh, I used to carry a bandit kit I still carried it when my travel so I immediately removed it and you know, punctured myself and bandaged myself and about 7 kilometers from there and if that incident had not happened I would be in a situation approximately at that time a bridge over a canal fell it caved in and if that did not happen, I would have been exactly at that point at that time when it had happened. So, when I reached there and I asked when did it happen, they said just about 10 minutes ago. If this did not happen, those 10 minutes of delay, now is that accident good or bad? I'll leave it to him. Because it would be insane to say, oh Bhagwan, thank you for giving me an accident. But if not for that accident, I don't know what would have happened. It's not just in human form. He can come in the form of a buffalo, he can come in the form of a goat, he can come in the form of a anything. Bahushi what does Bahushiraha mean? The one who expresses himself in these different kinds of forms. Shiraha means head, but head is usually representing that form. The one who expresses himself in these different forms. And at that moment of inspiration, Bhagwan comes down in that form. Because Bhagawan is already there. He just has to kick in that moment of inspiration and that person turns out to be nothing less than Bhagawan himself. It's very few of us who allow that Bhagawan to use this instrument to express himself. Rudro, Bahushiraha. Bahushiraha, multiple forms. And we have seen when we were discussing the Purusha Sukta, when did we discuss one? Long time ago. <clears throat> in the very first mantra it says, Sahasra sirsha purushaha sahasraakshah Sahastrapat, Sabhumim, vishvato vritva atyatishtadda shangulam sahasra sirsha purushaha. Iti shruti vachanat. This is given in our shruti, that shruti is the Vedas. That in every form, it is nothing but that Paramatma alone. So, when it is again reconnected to that particular mantra, Sambhavami Yuge Yuge, wherever evil gets destroyed, wherever the sadhu, sadhu meaning not somebody who is just wearing this color, sadhu is the texture of mindset, noble-hearted, noble-minded individual, Requires that help, and that help comes in at that time from unforeseen corners. That is the expression of Lord in this Bahushiraha, in these different forms. In our own life, don't we see this happening? So don't become hopeless that, you know, where is Bhagawan? When will he come down? When will he do this? In fact, my counter-argument is that you are Bhagawan yourself. If you truly feel that that is the cause that is really inspiring you from within, unleash that God from within you. Let him take over. That is the avatar of Bhagwan right there. Let the individuality be gone. Let that Paramatma express through. As much as it is receiving help, allowing that to help from, express from this side as well. That is why in the pledge, Gurudev says that we know our responsibilities. Give us the ability and courage to fulfill them. Flow through us to the world around us. That, was, I mean, that is one amazing, all-encompassing, Advaitic philosophy which is the mission pledge. What an inspired moment that he must have written that down. It seems he just dictated it as is. It is not re-edited or it is not worked upon or anything. In Ernakulam, somebody said we should have one and he said it's a good idea, sit down, I will dictate, start writing. And he has covered it all in that. So, it is Bahushiraha meaning not just the outside different forms, even this form which is trying to understand is nothing but expression of Bhagawan. Delete that individuality, let that Paramatma flow through. Rudro Bahushiraha, Babruhu, <coughs> Babruhu, the one, Rajavat Virajate yaha Babruhu, the one who is like the king of the world. Now, even in our individual lives, it is the attitude that we need to carry. We feel you know, so lost in our own day to day happenings that we start feeling petty. And our, you know, greatness or lack of greatness depends on what we have or don't have. If I have all these assets, then I am, you know, great. The moment all these things start falling apart, then I become small. You are that Paramatma. You are the king of this universe. Live like one. Do you understand the attitude of it? irrespective of what you have or have not. If something is there, you celebrate it. Not there, celebrate it. Don't let the world ruffle you. The attitude of being a king who can command thousands of them. Bhibarthi. Rajavat Vibharti, Rajavat Virajate Sada. And why is this called Vibharti? So Adi Shankaracharaji ji says here: Vibharti <coughs> lokaan iti babruhu. Rudraha Bahushiraha babruhu. Vibharti meaning. Sarvan Lokan, Yaha, Biti. Biti, the one who sustains, the one who rules, the one who manages manages what. Now let me ask you, and when we look at our own responsibilities how many things do we have to manage first we have to manage ourselves roti kapda makan right we have to manage husband wife children house mortgage and everything included in it professional life social life and other responsibilities towards nature and country. Other than these six broad classifications, do we have anything else? Okay, spiritual cause. That also included. Anything else other than these seven? Almost everything covered? And within these seven, we feel so bogged down that we start getting so flustered and frustrated. After all, what we have is seven layers of responsibilities. If you look at it in a very broad perspective, it's just about dealing these seven things. And we get so flustered. Swami so, ji, what seven things are you talking about? Each layer is such a miserable, pathetic layer that we have to go through. And each layer is like a burden on itself. And you are talking of seven layers of burden. In managing one house and one person yourself, you feel that way. Imagine Paramatma. He has to manage the whole universe which has got multiple cosmos system Akhilanda Koti Brahmanda Nayaka where did I pick that up from in our daily arati that we do Deva Devotama Devata Sarvabhoma Akhilanda Koti Brahmanda Nayaka our Milky Way is just one system like these there are innumerable number of them And for all that, Paramatma is responsible. Do you know how busy he must be? (laughs) But effortlessly he manages everything in the most seamless order. The first meaning was, Virajate Rajavat Sada Iti Babruhu. The one who is, you know, reveling like a king, as a boss of everything, as he owns everything. We are so sold out to material, to relation, to various other things in, you know, partials that at the end of the day, we don't, we are not left for ourselves. So gather yourself. Where do I gather myself? I am already spread out thin. And even that into which that we are spread, we are not able to gather ourselves up and live as if we are the king. It does not matter what we do. Whether you are a janitor, whether you are the principal, whether you are the professor, whether you are a clerk, it does not matter. Whatever is the responsibility, deliver it as if you are the It takes that positive attitude to live like one. Just outside our college, you know, when we were studying, I don't think that system has changed in India yet. Every college has its, you know, canteen, and the canteen is the happening place. All kinds of uh, gossips, politics, uh, friendship. Anything, everything happens in that one little, there was this one kid who could manage six, seven hundred people's influx all by himself single-handed and he lived in that canteen as if, he was not the owner, he was the worker there and he must have been 12, 13, maybe 14 years old. And he was the sole breadwinner for his entire extended family of 10 people. I mean, with all his burdens on him, when you look at him, it doesn't look like he has any burden on his shoulders. People would wait to talk to him. And he lived as if he owned that place. Now what a positive kid he was. You ask him anything. In a canteen with so many people coming in, going out, sometimes things are there, sometimes things are not there. He will sell you things in such a way that it feels as if that which you have asked for is not important, that which he is giving is the most important thing. You know, there was this, Puri always goes with the shak, the Sabji. And you know, the puri comes with that uh, alu sabji or something, and uh, sometimes it, it, it would be done. The puri is still there, but the aloo is not there. And he would sell it out, give it such a positive pitch. I said, Have you ever tried puri with chutney? <laughs> and he will describe it in such a way that you feel okay, Leah, let me try. There was never a moment wherein I could hear a no or not possible. You spin it around in such a way that it will say that, you know, this way it is possible. And that is the kind of positive spirit that you need to work with. As if you own it everything. When this positive spirit comes in, Once we have already taken the ownership of our life. 90% of us, 100% of the life that we have, we want to disown and run away. Oh my God, I don't know, I have to live again. Monday. Ah, Wish the Sunday extended, you know. We start the day with such a low note. And the entire day keeps to be dragging. Babruhu, virajate rajavat sada. He is the boss of this world, and he lives like one. If you are that Paramatma, shouldn't you be living with that kind of positivity? Vivarti lokan sarvan iti babruhu. Moving forward, Rudro Bahushirabhu Vishwayoni Suchisravaha. Vishwayoni, the one who is the very cause for this entire universe. Vishwayoni, Vishwasya Karanatvata, Vishwayoni. He is the Karana for entire multiplicity. But when it comes to listening Vedanta, what we listen and what we understand, there is is a ridge, there is a gap in between. Whenever Vedanta says that this entire world is Mithya, or the entire world is unreal, like the dream, Like you wake up from the dream and the dream becomes non-existent. It is because it is unreal. So awaken oneself from this world. So for a scientific mind, it seems, you know, incomprehensible, illogical. I can see this world. Sometimes these kids can get really rowdy. I was dealing with that 18 to 28 age group back in India. one fellow came up all the way and said, I'll I'll show you how real this world is. (laughs) I'll hit you really hard. And then you tell me that this world is not real. So I pulled him aside and told something in his ears. He went back and sat down. So I said, I'll, I can take it, but I will equally give it back because in unreality, it doesn't matter what you take and what you give. If you are ready for that, <laughs> go ahead, give it. Where did I get that spirit from? From Adi Shankara himself. There is a story that they say that he was delivering a lecture and then he was talking about this mithya of this creation. And... Suddenly, a mad elephant rushed into that satsang. And all these people got scattered, running here and there. There were two of them who were trying to climb a tree. And as they were jumping up, there was a hand that came in from the top of the tree. And that pulled them right in that time. And they then realized that it was Adi Shankara on the tree. They looked at him. Don't you think that that uh, elephant is mithya? You just said that this is the entire creation is mithya. Don't you think that elephant is mithya? So Bhagavan Adi Shankara says, buddhu, mama palayanam api mithya. Me trying to run away is also mithya. We get confused with that word when we say that this world is as unreal as the dream. It appears real as long as you are dreaming, but once you wake up, it is non-existent, it is unreal. So, from that perspective, when it is said that this entire creation is mithya or unreal, what does it mean? It does not mean that the world is non-existent. The world becomes non-existent as we perceive it, as we see it. How do we see it today? We see it devoid of divinity all around us. and this entire creation when perceived devoid of divinity is called mithya brahma satyam jagan mithya if we see that brahman everywhere then you are not seeing jagat what you are actually seeing interacting and you know involving in is that paramatma alone because he is the very essence the yoni the womb of this entire creation vishwa yonihi the very womb of this entire creation the very uh, source of this entire creation as it exists vishwa yonihi suchi <clears throat> shravaha shravaha there are a couple of meanings here. The first meaning is Shravaha, the ears. Shuchishravaha, shuchishravaha, the one who has a very beautiful set of ears. Now, there is this particular part of our scriptural study which we don't normally discuss. Is called Hasta Samudrika Lakshana. We will keep referring to this particular work again and again. Hasta, and most of us know this Hasta part. It is called the palmistry. You know, the reading the lines of the palms. Yeah, does it really work? Let me ask you, when you look at somebody that you already know, with the physical attributes, I am not talking of the size and the shape, with, with the kind of body language, physical attributes, body language, with the kind of eyes, with the kind of wrinkles on the forehead, with the smile or the absence of the smile or the pretentious smile, What can be presented? Can't we read a lot? Especially for those people that we know of. Can't we? If a kid is looking at you and trying to not look at you and saying something, don't you immediately pounce upon and say, tell me the truth. What are you hiding? The kid is trying to... No, mom has a radar. I don't know how she figures that out but she catches me right at that time. Is that a big skill? When you know that person you can very clearly see that you know, there's something wrong just by looking at the bodily expressions. And I have always confessed that when I look at the, the audience I can tell if I have to dilute Or if I can go a notch higher, if the entire crowd is like, do you know what that is? Trying to muffle the yawn. Or you are looking at the ceiling or the surrounding and, and okay. Dilute it a little bit, rejuvenate them, and again try taking them higher. Body language. When you start listening intensely, knowingly or unknowingly, your head automatically turns an angle. Check it. Automatically. Usually when the head is really straight, the mind has gone somewhere. As you can read these things. Right? Similarly, the lines on the hand can also be read. But it leaves too much of scope for discrepancy for people and their interpretation. There you can discredit but as an as a science in itself, it has got something to offer. The second thing is called samudrika lakshana. Samudrika lakshana as to you know the the head, the size, the shape of the head, the forehead, the balance between the eyebrows. And when I say balance between the eyebrows, not the made to look balance natural existing balance the eyes the eyelashes the color of the uh, what do you call the the pupil the color of the eyes color of the pupil that the the texture of the skin the size of the ears I mean, all these things, When you know, a pleasantness of a personality which is formed with all these in, in a symmetric balanced manner. There is a study on it. Suchishravaha, the one who has beautiful ears, meaning the one who has the patience to be first a listener than to be a speaker. Most of us when we listen, we don't listen to understand, but we are listening with a hasteness to give a response, to be a smart aleck. As they are speaking, how can I turn this to my vantage point and play it down? Not just play it down. We are, we are not listening to understand. We are listening to respond and react to what we are hearing. To be a good listener is an art in itself. At least in today's world, what the world requires is not wealth or food. What the world requires is somebody who is friendly enough to give their ear. Non-judgmental ability to listen to something. And the best friend in the entire world. None to beat that. Who with his two ears is ready to listen to us is Paranatma. Can you imagine how many temples of Paramatma in different denominations, different religions, different cultures, all put together would be existing? Couple of million temples, million churches, million... And in through all of them, there other couple of billion who are at least going and constantly praying and is it an exaggeration wherein we can we can conclude that when we say praying it is less of praying and more of asking, complaining, demanding blaming we go there to blame the Lord himself You don't know how to create, what a flawed creation that you have created. You may have created, why did you create me? Why did you put me in there? Why am I stuck here? Constantly we keep giving him the earful. Don't we? Have you ever flipped your chart and then tried something new? Sit with God. I said Lord, today I am not complaining, no demanding, no asking. I have just come here to inquire, how are you? Tum Have you ever asked? Have you ever gone back to God saying that, you know, that that day I blamed you all this, what was happening in my life, you know, it was atrocious, it was, uh, I did not accept it, I blamed you for everything. Actually, it turned out to be a good thing, you know. I am sorry for blaming you. Have you ever gone back and said that? In spite of all that, he is the only one. is available to listen to anybody who walks in. There is no qualification required. The only requirement is you connect to that Lord and talk to him. He is ready to listen to you. Shuchishravaha, the one who has those beautiful ears and makes a good use of them. Not just to pierce them and hang these big, big ornaments on it. But to really make a good use as a devotee. Now, what is the good use of that instrument of ear? To listen to the glories of the Lord. That makes the ears beautiful. Suchishravaha. Rudro Vishwa visvayone suchishravaha. Amritashashvatasthanuhu (tose) vararoho mahatapaha navidyate (coughs) mrutam (coughs) maranam asya iti amrutaha navidyate mrutam or maranam. Death is not something that occurs in paramatma. (tose) There (tose) is (tose) not (tose) a (tose) time (tose) or (tose) a space where. Paramatma ceases to exist. Time and space can cease to exist. But Paramatma, the conscious principle, never ceases to exist. In our own experience, we have such great experiences of absence of time. Has it ever happened? I when you used to go to Gurudev's lectures, Every single lecture of them felt like that. That you sit through his one and a half hour lecture, some of the English vocabulary that he used, unheard of. But the beauty was in the sequence of his way of uh, narrating things, even though you did not understand that word, it would still make sense. Out of that context you use that word, it may not make sense. And there are a couple of words that I picked up, for, you know, rendezvous. That was the first time I picked that word up. I said, what does this word even mean? But it, it all turned out like you know, rendezvous with the Lord. I said, okay, it must be some meeting with the Lord. It's only later I understood that, okay, it, it means something to be connected with the Lord or, you know, meeting with the Lord. It didn't even matter if you did not understand that vocabulary. It did make sense. And it almost felt like one and a half hours and you feel, ah, done? Seven days passes by. You know, he used to come in every city for seven days. Seven days it would like, you know, just fly by. why go to a Mahatma? Keep, let's keep Mahatma aside. Even when you meet your own friends, you have not met them in 3-4 months or something and you gather and you end up chatting. When you do realize time and space, don't you get shocked? Oh my God, I didn't even realize. It's already morning. Has it happened often? Many of you said yes, many of you... That is the lack of space. You have transcended the time right there. Transcending the space is called sleep. Don't you transcend space there? There was this Indian Prime Minister in the meeting, in the parliament meeting, live telecast happening And he is sitting there dozing And it was some critical issue of national <laughs> security or something that he was being questioned on And he was sleeping through it And when the opposition nailed him down, said, who says I was sleeping? I was only meditating He must have attended a lot of meditation sessions. <laughs> Irrespective of where you are, don't you transcend the space? You know, many times you know people call, especially calling from India, and one stupid question they ask. Were you sleeping? They've just woken you up <laughs> from the sleep. How many of times you try explaining that, you know, it's roughly about 11 and a half hours behind you, a 10, 11 and a half to 12 and a half hours that you are behind. Oh, you are sleeping. I am sorry. No, I was sleeping. Now I am disturbed. Continue. <laughs> Sometimes I'm so tired and when I get these calls from India and it's like, you know, 1.30, 2.30, clueless they call. And in the conversation, I have transcended the space. <laughs> Frustrated, they put the phone down. And next day I get such a big complaining letter, you are snoring. I said, what else do you expect? So you call in my sleeping time and you expect me to be awake? It's so difficult to be awake even in my waking time. In my sleeping time you expect me to be awake? It's quite natural an experience to transcend time and space. Even for us. Now that one who has created time and space cannot be bound by time and space. Though what we transcend is these couple of moments here and there where we transcend time and space. That too not in a willful way. Unconsciously it does happen and we transcend time and space. The one who consciously transcend time and space there is nothing that can limit. And that limitation is called mrityu. Amrutam, that which cannot be limited. Amrutam, amrutaha. And why is it not limited? Shashvataha. That which is eternal. That which is. Before time, that which is during time, that which is after the time. Therefore, he is called Shashwataha. Shashwataha eternal. Sthanu. Sthanu. Sometimes these two words are mixed together and they say Shashwata Sthanu. The one who is both eternal as well as the one who is irreplaceable or irremovable. Shashwataha cha asausthanuhu cha iti sthānuḥ. The one who is amrutaha, that which cannot be limited, is shashwata, is eternal. Therefore, is permanent sthanu. The rest of them come and go. One simple thing to understand, the food that we eat, is it perishable or imperishable? Perishable, right? And the body which is sustained by that perishable food. Can it ever remain imperishable? Come on, how can it be imperishable? That which is sustaining itself does not have the permanency. Being sustained on that, how can this body be permanent? Nothing in this world is permanent. The only thing that is permanent is that consciousness and onto which all this creation you know is appearing on and disappears into Sashwatahashano Vara Roho Mahatapa Varaha Arohaha Ankaha asya iti Vara The one who is Vara Vara The most eagerly awaited one Vara Vara means the most glorious one Arohaha Arohaha Aroha actually means to embark. We embark a lot of things and disembark also. Glad we do. There was somebody sitting with me from Minneapolis to Dallas and was constantly cribbing. You know, these are long flights. These, you know, the, the seats are this. The, the food, they're, they're constant. I just said one thing. You know, exasperated with that constant nagging, which I don't need to put up with. So I looked and I said, next time I go to India, I should take you along with me in one of those non-stop flights. In Telugu, we say, Tikka Kuzrutum. Khatiya tikkardegi. Siddhi kardegi. And I said, How often do you go? I said, 2 3 times a year. Okay. And she kept quiet. I <laughs> mean, it's hardly what? 3 hours' flight? You embark and disembark, even the 15 hour flight. You get in, you get out. But this abode of Lord is something that you want to get in, not get out. Aroha means to finally, firmly abide in. Why? Because it is the choicest one, varak, choicest one. Into that choicest one, we merge completely to become one with it, vararohaha. How do we do that? Mahatapaha. And he says, even that Mahatapas, that, that inspiration to do this tapasya to reach that Lord. That also, that inspiration also is nothing but the Lord's very expression. Without His expression, without His blessings, there is not even possibility to do that tapascharya. There are so many things, so many layers of tapascharya to be done. just to test how in what conditions we are limited in and to find that unlimited one has to rip open each layer so that we can evolve higher and higher and to rip open from inside from within one layer at a time it takes tremendous courage and that act of courage is called Tapas. And whenever that Mahat Tapas happens, understand that it is the very Lord expressing. Vara roho Mahat Tapah Rudro Bahushirab Bruhu Vishwa Shuchi Shravaah Vara roho Mahat Tapah. Continuing further, repeat after me sarvaga sarva vidbhanu vishvak seno janardanah vedo veda vidavyango vedango veda vetkavihi the meaning of this we will see Om Purnamadaha Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavasishyate Om Shanti Shanti Shant, Shant, Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om